is something going on? <laughs> you know, perspective is everything, isn't it? Really? Like how you see things and, and where you're at. Um, how many of you this week have looked at your weather app with horror for what is coming up, right? Um, it's supposed to be 108 or something today on Tuesday. It keeps varying. The last time we saw it was 113. We're like, it's September. Should this be going on? So yesterday, Gina and I were talking to our daughter who lives in Maryland and uh, did this little FaceTime with her and see how she's doing. And she goes, man, it's so hot here over the Labor Day weekend. Oh, what's it supposed to be? 85. It's like, you know nothing about heat. You know, you've forgotten Turlock, right? We're here in 113. It is absolutely crazy. But it's going to be a great week nonetheless. And I'm glad you're here today. Hey, I want you to go ahead and get your note-taking sheet out if you got one when you walked in today. Or if you have our app, uh, go ahead and get that out and you'll find that as well. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 9. So in the New Testament, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I want you to find that today. And uh, we're going to read that in just, uh, in just a few moments. But before we dive in, as you're getting all those things ready, I want to pray just for a moment. Invite God into this teaching time. Lord, we thank you that you are right here right now. And your desire is to invite us in close. And so Lord, whatever has occupied our thoughts and our hearts and our emotions during this week, God, I know some of those things have been incredibly difficult. Some of those things have been um, celebrations, Lord, all kinds of things that we walk through in our lives. But right now, Lord, we just set those things aside because, Lord, we want to hear from you. We want to know your heart and your desires. We want, to, we want to hear about your love for us and your grace and the hope that you offer to us. So, Lord, whatever we've been facing, we don't let that overrule us today, but instead we come to you. And Jesus, we desire you to be our teacher today. And God, more than anything else for me personally, I don't want my voice or my opinion to overshadow anything, but Lord, we want to hear from you today. So we love you, we honor you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So have you ever had a moment when you suddenly realize that technology is passing you by? Have you ever had one of these moments? Some of you I know are thinking, Dave, I have it every week here in church because you ask us to text some word to some number. I don't even get that. Or maybe those little QR codes, you have no idea how those work. There's this moment for all of us when we realize like, man, how do we even keep tracking with technology? And I know if you're sitting here, you're younger, you're going, okay, boomer, nice try, but it's just not working. Let me just tell you, if you're younger, your time is coming. Your time is coming when something's gonna happen and you're gonna go, I, like, well, I don't even get that anymore. Because technology moves so fast and we keep trying to catch up that sometimes we find ourselves in these kind of awkward scenarios because we're not quite sure what to do. So back a few months ago, my uh, son and I, we went to a Giants game and uh, we decided to travel by BART which is Bay Area Rapid Transit, right? Which, by the way, I'm personally glad there's no Fresno Area Rapid Transit. Um, you may catch that a little bit later. But uh, we, we decided to, to go to the ball game through BART, and so we went to the Dublin station, 
And if you've ever gone there, there's no people to interact with anymore. It's only kiosks. And so we came up to this kiosk. It's in multiple languages. And I think they're fairly confusing, okay? There's all these things. And then you put, you know, like, where do you put your, your debit card? And then you have to go to the screen, multiple screens you have to do. Do you want a round trip or, or just one way? Do you want to add money to a previous card? There's all these things you have to do. And of course, adding to this is there's always people behind you who actually know what they're doing. And so you're feeling the pressure of doing this. And there was this moment in that where I'd walk through everything that I knew how to do to purchase the ticket and do it, and nothing's happening. You've maybe had something like this happen to you. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, am I waiting for the kiosk to print my ticket? Is there another button I have to push? Did I miss something? And Because nothing's happening. And so you're waiting in this tension of, did I miss something? Is it my turn? Is it the computer's turn? I just don't know what's going on. We've probably all had those kinds of scenarios. Well, this weekend we're starting a new series called After the Amen. And this series kind of revolves around this idea of when you've prayed, you've said the amen, now what? Like, like what, do you, what do you do? Like, how do you, how do you navigate the waiting when you're, you're not quite sure? And sometimes just like that BART, you know, ticket kiosk, you're trying to figure out, did I pray right? Am I waiting on God? Is God waiting on something more from me? Do I need to somehow be better or do better or read more? Or like, what do I do in this? And there's this tension between the amen and the answer. And it's a time of waiting. And I will tell you, even though you know this, that's a challenging place to be. Just waiting. Like, like what do I do? How do I navigate this? But before we kind of jump into that, I want to just rewind a little bit and go to the very beginning because all of this starts with this beautiful invitation to pray. Think about prayer, the very idea of it. I think think maybe audacious would be the word. Prayer is full of mystery and wonder. It's an invitation, think about this, to speak and to communicate with a holy God. We get the invitation to speak, to communicate, to interact with a holy God, to ask and to seek and to knock as Jesus puts it. And Jesus invites us, you could even say, he pleads with us to do just that. Kind of like a kid climbing into the lap of a loving parent. Prayer is personal and prayer is intimate. It's about opening your heart to a loving father who knows all about you. I mean everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He knows it all, and yet he absolutely loves you unconditionally. Prayer is trusting God with your deepest needs, your deepest worries, your hidden desires, the wounds from your past, the dreams for tomorrow, everything, big and small. He says, bring it all to me. And in that moment, when we bring those things to him, we can experience his presence, his limitless peace, and his extravagant grace. 
So the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, to pray for each other, and then to praise God for his faithfulness because there's power in prayer. But it's a challenging thing, right? We're looking for answers. We, we want God to move and to act. And how do, we, how do we do that? What does it look like? Think about what Jesus said. And we're gonna get to John 9 in just a moment. But in Matthew 7, Jesus said this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Then he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, even though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? The God of the universe, the one who made you and me, says, ask and keep on asking. And he even, even says this, it will, it will be given to you. And we, we sometimes think, oh, okay, so God's a little bit like, and we wouldn't maybe say this out loud, but kind of like a vending machine, if I do it just right, pull the right buttons, say the right words, then God's gonna give me what I ask. But what is it that God is really bringing to us? What is it that he is giving? He's given us his, his presence. He's given us himself. He's actually answering the deepest prayer of our hearts in us connecting with him. So he says, seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And this, during this series, I wanna encourage you to keep doing that. Keep asking, seeking, and knocking. And not just during these few weeks of the series, but beyond. For, for the seasons and moments of your life, keep coming to him. So I'll tell you, one of the things is, I don't want you to walk out of here today or in these weeks to come with this sense of shame and guilt and say, I know, I know. I know I need to be praying more. I know I should be doing this more. That's not what this is about. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to come close. Not a wagging finger, not a shame on you, but an invitation to come on. Come on, God says, you can, you can come close. So what we're gonna do in this series is we're gonna actually kind of flip and come from the other direction. That I have prayed, not about beating yourself up, but you, you have prayed, you have brought these things. And now what comes after the amen? Now I know we've talked about prayer numerous times here, and I know sometimes we can individually feel intimidated, like, like if we had to pray in front of a group or we had to do something like that, we're just not quite sure sometimes how to do it. But when it comes right down to its very core, prayer is simply talking to God, right? It's just coming to him. And we even have things like the Lord's Prayer to help guide us. I mean, Jesus was actually answering the disciples' questions about how they should pray. And he said, pray like this. And you remember his words? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? We, I mean, he, he gave us a, a model to pray. It wasn't pray this, but pray like this. To come to our Father and recognize his goodness and his holiness to pray that God's kingdom and his way would be true right here in my life as it is in heaven. 
to pray for the daily things that we need, our bread, to pray for, for protection, to, to guard us against temptation and the evil one, all of those things. So we have some idea of how to come and communicate with God. But again, I, I think we struggle after the amen, trying to figure out what waiting looks like. I know that all of us in this room have prayed some pretty heavy prayers, right? Some pretty serious things. And sometimes we see God intervene and act on behalf of our prayers. But sometimes we've prayed for those deep things that we so wanted God to come through and, and respond and, and, you know, did you hear me? This is what I need and this is what I want. And then we don't see it happen. So again, we live in this tension of trying to figure that out. And maybe you're here today and you've prayed those prayers and, and maybe you even haven't realized it, but you stopped praying those prayers. You stop praying those, those prayers about those serious, heavy things of things that are going on in your life or those that you love. You just don't go there much anymore because you, you don't know how to kind of process it when, when it doesn't happen that way. So we find ourselves retreating back to things like, thank you for this food and God, I pray you'd give me a good day today. And we just lessen it all because we just, we just don't know what to do. Can I tell you, you're in good company. I think we've all wrestled during those times. I was talking to someone today after the first service, they were talking about this whole kind of like waiting and God answering prayer. And they, they told the story about how they'd, they'd been, you know, uh, going down the freeway and just barely missed this accident and it was one of those wake-up calls where you just go, whoa, what happened in this moment? And, you know, if I would have been uh, a, a little bit delayed or a little bit ahead of this, you know, I could have lost my life. All those things that come up and started backing it up. It's like, well, but here I was at this stoplight and this stoplight. And have you ever wondered in those moments when you've just missed something and you back it up? It's like, you were probably sitting in a red light going, this stupid red light. I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. I need to get going. And yet you never know what's down the road. You never know what that waiting may be producing, what that waiting may be doing. Maybe something you never even see, but God's got it. How do we handle the waiting? It's almost like you send a text to God and then the three dots come up, like, he got it, <laughs> he read it, he heard it, right? Have you ever texted someone and you have that? And then the dots go away and you go, hey, you read that, you saw that, I'm not getting anything back, right? We sometimes feel that way with God. And maybe even asked ourselves this question somewhere, what do I have to do to get God's attention? What kind of hoops do I have to jump through? How do I get him to answer? Maybe you think you have to do the extra thing to get God to listen and for God to respond. When our kids were growing up, there would be times uh, when you know, they would have a conflict and you know, kids would be fighting. I'm sure that was just our family, but you know, our kids would just like be going, and maybe one of them had something that the other one wanted. And so as soon as, you know, as a parent, you calm them down and everything, it's like, okay, you need to ask them, say please and everything. And so they would say, can I, uh, please? And then 
We would sometimes have the other kid go, ask me nicely. Give <laughs> the other the other kid's about ready to take your head off, right? They don't, they don't want to hear that. But do you ever feel like God is waiting with his arms crossed until you ask nicely? Now that's theologically, biblically, spiritually, completely off base and wrong. But we feel like we have to do something extra. Maybe you come from a background where you need to jump through some spiritual hoops. Maybe say a Hail Mary or an Our Father. And maybe that will turn the tide just enough to get God's answer. Or maybe you think I have to give something a little bit extra in the offering. Or maybe if I come four Sundays in a row, or maybe if I really get down on my knees and say, God, I'm begging you. All of us have our baggage and our stuff that we project onto God. And we think, well, I've got to do the extra. And that's the tension. What is it that you do after you pray that you think you've got to do to get God's attention? So here's my prayer during this series, that you would come to a new place in regards to prayer and God's heart towards you. Because here's the truth. Just because God feels silent doesn't mean he's absent. I want to say that again, and I want you to hear it. Just because God feels silent does not mean he's absent. And I'm praying that there would be a lessening of the tension during a time of waiting as you ask and you seek and you knock, knowing that he is at work in ways that maybe you can't see. And he's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a, a vending machine that you can hit the right button and pull the right level and God will, will do whatever we ask. He says, come to me, know me, trust me, walk with me because I've got your best at heart. So I'm gonna give you a couple of things and then we're gonna to finish today with a time of communion as we come to the source of it all, Jesus. So the first is this, write it down. God is inviting me to faithfully follow while I'm waiting. God is inviting me to faithfully follow while I'm waiting. See, here's the part that when it comes to our relationship with God, and this includes everything, including prayer and coming to him, I have a part to play. There's a part that God's inviting me into, and there's a part that is only God's, that he's the one who, that, that's, that's his place. And this isn't separating us and God, it's just realizing that sometimes we pray and then we sit back and go, well, I'm, I'm just waiting. But God's inviting us during the waiting to faithfully follow him, to continue moving towards him. God's part and my part. I don't know if you've ever taken lessons before of anything, learning how to paint, learning how to swim, learning how to golf or play guitar or whatever it might be. And when you go to a lesson, the teacher is going to show you something and then you have an opportunity to do it with the teacher and learn. They have their part, you have your part. So years ago, I took some guitar lessons when I was in college, and I would go to this guy's house, and he was a great guitar player. Now, imagine if I would say, well, I'm trying to learn this, and he would go, oh, let me show you, and he would do it. And then you would pick up the guitar and go, no, 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 no. I don't want you picking up a guitar. I just want you to watch me do it. I would have never learned how to play the guitar. 
Some of you have heard me play and you think, Dave, you still don't know how to play guitar. I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I know a little bit because the teacher did his part in showing me and I did my part in, in kind of following, mimicking, practicing my part. Jesus invites us to continue following him even when we're in a place of waiting after the amen. If you're there in John chapter nine, I wanna read you this encounter that Jesus has with a man who was born blind. And there are some key things in this that I want you to see that maybe you've never seen before in terms of kind of what Jesus did and then what he invited this man to do. So in verse one, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who'd been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus said it was, was not because of his or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Now listen to this. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. We have tasks, things to do. He says, the night is coming and then no one can work, but while I'm here in the world, I'm the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. And so the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now this is an interesting answer to prayer, right? Because this man wants to see. That's the prayer. That's the ask. Jesus, would you do this? And Jesus spits on the ground, makes some mud and puts it over his eyes. Now I want you to imagine yourself in this scene. You're watching this man who is blind. There's people standing around. Jesus is having this moment with him. So just, just think about that. And then if you're that blind man, you, you've asked, you've made the request, Jesus is talking to you. And then you know he heard Jesus spit, right? And you can imagine him going, wait a minute. And then he feels this, you know, moist mud going over his eyes and thinking, I'm, Jesus didn't wait. What's going on, right? I mean, you, if you put yourself into the, like the actual nitty gritty of this, it's kind of one of those crazy things. And you can imagine him going, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what I prayed for. This is not what I prayed for. I, I want something different than this. But here's the key part. You realize at this point, he's not healed yet. This man had a part to play of obedience, trust, and faithfulness. Jesus said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he could have said, forget it. I, I just wanna see right now. Just like do something, Jesus. Say the word, touch my eyes, whatever it has to be. But Jesus invited this man to not just wait in neutral, to just keep hanging out. Okay, you put the stuff on, here I am. But to instead walk in obedience and faithfully follow. Go wash in the pool. I want you to think of all this man would have missed out on if he got halfway there and thought, this is stupid. I'm walking around with mud on my face. What in the world was Jesus thinking? But he didn't miss out. He kept faithfully following while waiting for the answer. I think sometimes we, we perceive waiting as this static, do-nothing stage, right? I'm just 
waiting. And the truth is we don't like waiting. We don't like waiting rooms. We don't like going to a doctor's office or whatever it might be and just waiting, reading, you know, four-year-old magazines. We don't like doing that. It just, it just feels like it's nothing. We're just kind of wasting our time. We don't like waiting at the DMV because, well, it's the DMV and it's just maddening. It feels like a waste. So waiting just seems like nothing. But you know, in scripture, waiting is not static, but it's active. I'm waiting by going to God continually. I'm waiting by engaging in times of quiet with him. I'm waiting by serving others. I'm waiting in worship. Waiting is faithfully following while living in the tension between the amen and the answer. Write this down for number two. God is inviting me to take the next step with him. The next right step. All through scripture, we see God invites us to bring our needs and our requests, to bring it all to him. Whatever the circumstance, he says, come. But after the amen, we've talked about this tension between the asking and the answer. God invites us to follow in obedience and to take the next step. So here's my question, and we're going to come back to this in just a moment. What's the next right step for you? You've prayed, and you're going to keep on praying. You're going to ask, seek, and knock. What's the next right step for you? All through the Bible, we see this scenario played out. There was one time this man who was paralyzed wanted Jesus to heal him. A prayer, right? It was just that he was praying to the person who was in the flesh in front of him, Jesus. And he wanted to get well, but he had all these reasons why it couldn't happen. And here's what Jesus told him. He said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And the guy could have said, Why should I do that? I can't stand. I've never stood my entire life. I can't walk. I've never been able to walk. The amen was done. But would he actually take the next step with Jesus? There's another scenario in Luke where Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem and there were these 10 people suffering from leprosy and they cried out, prayed, right? For Jesus' healing. And here's what Jesus said. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And here's this key line. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. They didn't make the request and then just sit. They obeyed. They did the next right thing. They did what Jesus asked. All through the Bible, we see a pattern like this. We pray, and then we take the next step. In all these situations, now I know we can look at these. The guy that was blind, the guy that, was, that couldn't walk, the people with leprosy, and there's There's so many more throughout scripture. We can look at those and go, yeah, they prayed. There wasn't much waiting and boom, then there they go. They're they're healed. There was the answer to the prayer. In all these situations, do do you know how many prayers were offered in their life and in their history? We get to see the final moment. We get to see the the prayer and the wait and the answer. But there was a lifetime of prayers. And we look at our scenario and we go, man, where, God, where are you at in this? Can I tell you something? Your story is not over yet. You may be praying for your kids. Maybe you have some adult kids and just where they're at and what they're pursuing, it just breaks your heart. Can I tell you something? The story's not over yet. 
It may be your marriage or your finances or countless other things. And you're thinking, well, but I'm here and I'm stuck in this place. The story's not done. God is at work. Will you trust him as he's working things out? For his glory, in his purpose and in his plan, he's working those things out. And I'm telling you, waiting is hard. Waiting can bring us to places of doubt and fear, I know. I've been there, I am there with some things I'm praying on. But in those times of waiting, our trust and faith get down to the very core. What is my faith and trust built in? Is it that God is my personal genie in the bottle to give me wishes? Or is it the recognition of his goodness, his grace, and his ultimate purpose that he's working out in me? Am I willing to trust him in that? By the way, this is not about trying to work our way to answered prayer. If you heard that, I want you to rewind a little bit. This isn't about jumping through all the hoops so that God will listen to me. This is not about forcing his hand with a, hey, God, I'm doing my part, you owe me. This is about seeking his will, his way in this time of tension and waiting. Remember, just because God feels silent, it doesn't mean he's absent. So what is the Lord inviting you into right now? What is your next step? Jesus said this, he said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. He'll be your supplier. He'll be the one who provides for you. Seek first his kingdom. God is faithful not just while we wait, but while we follow him, faithfully follow him. So as we come to a close, let me, let me challenge you with something. Maybe you're here today and you're praying for your marriage. You're praying for your marriage because there are some things that are just not, not coming together and you're struggling in that. Can I tell you, keep praying for your marriage and keep reaching out to your spouse. Maybe seek some counseling, find some resources that you can learn from and grow from. Pray and take the next step. If you have an addiction that you've been wrestling with, man, pray, pray that God would relieve you of the temptation and the struggle that you've had. Yes, keep praying. And keep coming on Monday nights to celebrate recovery. Pray for your kids and keep reaching out and loving them. Pray for the job that you've been hoping for, absolutely. And keep filling out applications and sending out resumes. If you're a student, that test that's coming up and you've been praying, God, you gotta get me through this, keep praying and keep studying. I want you to fill this blank in. It's not on your sheet, just in your mind. God, I'm praying that you would, what? What is it that you're hoping and praying for that God would move and act in your life? God, I'm praying that you would do this. But until then, I'll keep what? What is it going to be? We pray and we take the next step. Will you trust him in the waiting? Will you see his hand in the tension of circumstances in life? Over these next weeks, we're going to wade into the challenge of this. And my prayer again is that each of us would see and experience God's presence and his invitation to come close. So we're gonna, as we close, enter into this time of communion. And if you received one of these when you came in, I want you to get it out.
I think back to Jesus in the garden right before he was arrested and ultimately crucified. And you remember how Jesus was praying in that garden? Man, he was praying so hard. It said that drops of blood. I mean, it was just this intense, emotional, spiritual moment. And you remember what he prayed? Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. That was his heart cry. But then Jesus revealed the deeper motivation. Remember what he said? But Father, not my will, but yours be done. He prayed. And in the waiting, he said, God, not my will, but yours be done. I want what you want, God point of ultimate surrender, ultimate trust in his Father. And I believe Jesus is inviting us into those same kind of moments. Ultimate trust, ultimate surrender. Jesus showed us the way when he went to the cross. He gave up his life for you and for me. Poured out his his own blood so that I could be forgiven. You could be forgiven and set free. What a gift. What a beautiful picture of full-on sacrificial love and grace. And it's for you and me. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he met with his followers. And as they gathered around that table, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Let's break and eat together. Then Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and said, this is the blood of a new covenant. This is the blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink together. Would you pray with me? Lord, we want to thank you today for your extravagant grace for your love that knows no limit and the realization that we are yours. And Lord, today as we have looked at these places from scripture and wrestled through this prayer and waiting and what that looks like, God, I pray that we would be less concerned with our way And our desires would be for your way and your will. That in the tension time, we would trust you. We would take steps of faith and obedience, knowing that you work as we move towards you. God, keep us from just putting it in park and, and wanting everything on a platter, but instead coming to you humbly, saying, God, This is our heart and this is our desire, but more than anything, we want you. Jesus, we thank you and we love you today in your name. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me? We're going to finish today by singing uh, just an old song together, but it's so appropriate for what we're talking about. That in Jesus, we have this Savior and we have this friend who's come to take the things that we carry and that we wrestle with 
and to bring us hope and life in this. And he says, come, come. Started that whole thing. It's the invitation. It's the invitation to, to come and pray to the God of the universe to ask and to seek and to knock. And in that, we experience his peace. So would you sing this with me? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace, sing this. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. Man, I think how many times have I forfeited peace because I want to handle it, I want to hold it. How many times have I been carrying grief and pain? Maybe the same for you. And Jesus says, come bring it to me. Come walk with me. Come trust me in this. Even in the waiting, I am not far away, but I'm close. My hope and prayer for you this week is that whatever you're facing, you would continue to bring it to Jesus and let him do his good work in you. Hey, don't forget, if you want to sign your kids up for our kids' life groups, want to know more about the women's thing, if you're new to new life, make sure to stop by Starting Point. We just want to say hi out there. But thank you so much for coming today and being part of our time of worship. Have a great week. You're dismissed.